0: episode 114 of the shock shock nicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network sean saint Jacques back here with you for yet another week of Knicks and nba talk emphasis on the nba talk this week we'll have a couple of Knicks headlines to get to um but we have gotta dive into the ben simmons stuff this week it is finally burst into life and uh, we will be talking quite a bit about that in the second half of the show along with a few other NBA headlines but there's certainly plenty to talk about with the Philadelphia 76ers at the moment so we'll get to that but first just a couple of quick Knicks headlines to jump off the show with. It's interesting hearing the news um, reported on by Michael Scotto of USA Today, just kind of giving you a little bit of a insight of how the preseason's going to look for the Knicks as far as position battles and working in who's going to play when and how long and things of that nature as far as minutes. So his latest report is that Nerlens Noel was not promised the starting center position. In his contract and he will be fighting for the starting center spot with a hopefully fresh, rejuvenated and improved Mitchell Robinson. Obviously, he's coming off an injury. We'll see how he's going to look when we start playing games. But apparently, according by many reports, if not all of them, Mitchell Robinson has looked really, really good this summer. So that's exciting for the Knicks. You know, it's it's good to have a... a it's going to have compos- competition, pardon me, for places. And it's really going to be interesting to see if Mitchell Robinson is going to be up to the task because Nerlands Noel, uh, who's going to be playing big minutes regardless, you would think, uh, if he gets the starting job again or not. Remember, he got it fully because Mitchell Robinson was hurt. But it's not going to be easy to take it off of him. New Noel has earned that contract. He's obviously continuing to... Uh, <laughs> to troll kendrick perkins about the rich paul stuff and other stuff he's tweeted on uh on social media but as far as the business stuff goes uh and on the court with basketball it's exciting to see you know who who's going to win the starting job i think i'd give the slight edge just because he's coming off an injury mitchell robinson that is i would give the slight edge to Nerland's Noel. But it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out, but it's a it's a good sign. Part of a good culture is guys fighting for minutes and wanting to play and contributing to the cause. So early indications are good on that front. Um, obviously, Taj Gibson, you know, could be in the mix a little bit as well. He certainly played quite a bit last season so we'll see you know it's, it's going to be multiple guys going after that job and obviously the pecking order for center on the Knicks is going to be hotly contested and that is just the way you want it when you've got multiple players who can do the job so I'll be definitely intrigued to see how that pans out as I'm sure many of you will be as well I'm curious to hear your guys thoughts in the comments below, whether it's posting and toasting.com or at STJ7 on Twitter. You can hit me up there if you want to discuss Knicks or NBA topics or really anything, really anything. People send me a bunch of different kinds of stuff when I, when I call for it. So not always Knicks, um, not always NBA. So the, you know, sometimes it's college hoops, Sometimes it's uh, stuff in sports in general. A lot of people have been sending me, <laughs> a lot of people have been sending me thoughts on the Mets of late. The other orange and blue boys in New York, uh, not in a positive light. So uh, my sympathies to a certain extent with Mets fans with what they're going through right now. But uh, you can hit me up. Let me know what you think about the current situation with the Knicks roster and how it's going to look going into the preseason real quick speaking of of new york and the tri-state area in general and I should have led the show with this so, that, so that's my bad on that but obviously with uh I believe it's ida what ida is doing right now on the east coast specifically in the northeast i've had multiple friends in new jersey and in new york uh tell me about car issues they've had and tricky getting to work and having to work from home and and things of that nature um and just in general, inconveniences with flooding and things of that nature. Uh, my alma mater, uh, Seton Hall, actually had a viral video of a kid swimming down uh, the main street, literally swimming down the main street in front of the athletic center in South Orange. Which, as much as it had me chuckling and it was hilarious to watch, it does also remind me how dangerous the roads are right now. So, at least they were last night on the Wednesday. So, Hopefully you guys are all doing okay. Um, I'm still down in Florida for work. Uh, It's been pretty tame so far. Hopefully that continues by no places like Louisiana and the tri-state area. Just to name a couple, I've not had good experiences, obviously. So hopefully everybody's doing as best they can to stay safe. And obviously uh, with things still going on with COVID, hopefully you're staying safe in that regard on top of it so just wanted to send uh some thoughts and some prayers to those people dealing with the the weather at the moment and uh, hopefully you guys are doing okay or at least as best as you can be considering the circumstances okay one more quick uh nick headline as we poorly transition out of that um listen i i think this is worth mentioning i guess it's not the worst transition in the world because it is talking about vaccinations but unvaccinated Knicks Nets Warriors players will have to sit out home games according to a recent NBA memo um this is from Wednesday and apparently the NBA is warning teams that unvaccinated players for the Knicks the Nets and the Warriors would not be able to play in home games this season at their respective arenas um the nba and this is worth mentioning uh this is from the washington post by the way um does not have a vaccine mandate for its players but the washington post obtained a memo saying the league pointed to requirements recently enacted in new New york city and in san francisco that affect according to the new york post excuse me the washington post pardon me uh, that affect a broad spectrum of public activity and essentially they don't apply to out-of-town athletes um you know so opposing teams that go to barclays uh, chase center in the bay area and in an msg but um it will affect home teams so the knicks the nets and the warriors apparently um There's nothing yet to confirm that any players on those three teams are not vaccinated. Um, That has not been publicly shared, at least not that I've seen. Um, Michelle Roberts, who is the head of the NBA Players Association, said back in July that 90% of the league um, had been inoculated. So I I think for the time being... It is, you know, not a huge issue, I would say. Um, You know, 90% vaccination rate is phenomenal for the league. I I think that you obviously wanted at 100, but that was back in July. So you're obviously seeing NFL teams now starting to have similar mandates for some teams and, and things of that nature. Considering what's happening, you know, by me down in Florida with vaccination Rates being low and cases being as high as they've been. Um, And not just here, but in other uh, states as well. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. I I think I've made my stance on it pretty clear that uh, this is good. People should be vaccinated. Um, The evidence for that is overwhelming. Um, so it's good to see that teams are starting to, now that, now that specifically Pfizer is FDA approved, it's good to see that this is starting to happen slowly, I'll admit, but surely as well. So just want to touch on those quick things, uh, right at the top of the show, obviously, I know not everyone's going to agree with what I just said. However, I, I, I have no hesitation saying that and feeling how I feel about it. And I don't blame you um, for getting upset in some cases. However, at this point, there's really no excuse not to get vaccinated. So I'll leave it there. um, And I will move on to really the big story of the last 24 to 48 hours. And we're gonna be spending a lot of time on this because it's, it's extremely interesting. Um, We've been waiting for a couple of bombs to drop during this NBA offseason, and we have not had them really drop yet. Um, One of them is obviously the situation with Damian Lillard. Um, We'll briefly touch on that first, I think, because it's pretty quick, and um, it's one of those things where we can quickly move through that and then... um, we can really move on to the Ben Simmons stuff, which is really intriguing. Um, So it starts with the fact that obviously the Sixers have been interested in trading Ben Simmons reportedly for a little while now. Now it's reciprocated. Ben Simmons does not want to be with Philadelphia anymore. That's according to Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer and I believe other sources as well. Um the latest on on a Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard deal seems to be at least at the time of recording here on the uh um on the Thursday highly unlikely I think multiple uh insiders tended to back that up so it's it's interesting I mean Damian Lillard's contract is not easy to move. We've talked about the few scenarios where the Knicks would possibly get involved and what they'd have to give up, and they're essentially giving it all up. You'd be giving up your future for Damian Lillard. That's a lot. It's a lot to ask. It's a huge risk for any team to do that, especially with teams, especially like the Knicks, that really don't have another bona fide superstar. Randall, Randall, I think, is a is a uh, a star on the rise, but you got to do it for multiple seasons to be in that superstar category. And he's definitely not there yet. And obviously the playoff performance um, would hinder that as well. And obviously if he rectifies that next season, I think Julius Randle could add his name to that conversation. But for now, it's hard to justify a Damian Lillard trade based on what the Knicks could possibly have to give up. It's a big risk. Now it's one that, I know I've been tempted at, it's Damian Lillard we're talking about. He's a top five player in the NBA, but it's also considering, you know, for the Knicks side of things, giving up RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, potentially Emmanuel quickly as well, maybe even OB top and and picks. So, and obviously there's a combination of those that might work, but it's, it's a lot to give up. It's a lot to give up. seems like a lot of teams are starting to feel that way. About Damian Lillard that it's it's just too much too much to give away even for him so at the moment this summer it doesn't look like Damian Lillard is going to be on the move uh highly unlikely uh has been probably the most frequently used phrase I've heard about this um that shifts us into the ben simmons part of this conversation because ben simmons not only doesn't want to be a sixer anymore according to multiple sources uh to the philadelphia inquirer he's not planning on showing up to training camp this off season so he he wants to leave the sixers i think want him to leave um that has led us to getting a bleep ton, a bleep ton of speculation over the last 48 hours over what's going to happen to Ben Simmons, where he's going to go. Um, I'll get to that in a second because there's a few other little notes here that are worthy of mention. Before we dive into... um, what could potentially happen who's the closest who's been rumored to being involved for a potential ben simmons trade let's start with this apparently um ben simmons had you know he, he's said his his piece somewhat publicly Joel Embiid came out and defended uh and then through shade at Ben Simmons, essentially, in a really odd tweet. Um, this was from Wednesday. Um, I believe that does the tweet extend into a bigger tweet or does he, he I think he retweeted something. Um, he, retweeted, he retweeted, I think, a, a random tweet between uh, oh it's from a, an account called the nba central um on twitter a lot of followers it's according to their bio they've been featured in a bunch of different outlets espn fox sports si now and yahoo sports um per jeff zigget a Zilgate excuse me from uh usa today sports the Sixers reportedly had to pick between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Quote, the Simmons-Embiid rift has been escalating a person with knowledge of the situation as told USA Today Sports. So he's, he's implying that there's a little bit of a beef between Simmons and Embiid. It's not the first time this has been reported. It's not the first time it's been reported that Embiid in particular has had beef and if i had to guess it's probably not the first time that ben simmons has been reported as having beef with somebody uh whether it's been Embiid or somebody else so Embiid retweets it and writes sources quote unquote trust me bro uh stop using my name to push people's agendas i love and hate drama i love playing with ben stats don't lie he's an amazing player and we all didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know we're good enough to win. Um, so the headline I will argue is a little misleading. I don't think he throws any. And maybe he does throw a little bit of shade at Ben Stones, but it's very, it's very not. Uh, it's not really that big of a of a shade throw if it is wanted. It, it's. I'd argue there's there's really nothing to that tw- that tweet. It's a little... But, it, but it's circulated. A lot of people have chimed in on it. And then Embiid followed it up with, for clarity, I love the criticism. I love when I'm told I can't do something. It makes me work harder to prove everyone wrong. But not everyone is built like that. That's probably where the shade is uh, potentially coming in there. Uh, that might be the dig at Ben Simmons that everybody... Is blowing up about. Um, it's a weird one. There's two more Ben's, I'm sorry, there's two more Joel Embiid tweets here that I will mention before we uh head into a break. He also adds from my own experience, this is all on Twitter. Y'all have no idea how much this media makes stuff up for followers, and shame on you for believing them. That's harsh. We we tend to trust the media. Uh, and then, and we tend to try to hold the media accountable by the way as well there's times where that that crosses the line cuz you're you know you're trying to hold the media accountable with fake uh, you know criticisms but there's times where the media 100% does need to be held accountable I, I but i don't think putting that on the fans for believing quote unquote reliable sources or reliable reporters is the right way to apply, to to apply it in this situation And then he said, I haven't forgotten about two years ago. I got booed. People in Philly wanted me to be traded. I even shushed them. Only the real ones didn't, but I just put the work in that offseason to be better because I knew I wasn't playing up to my potential. Philly fans, y'all also gotta be better. This, this This actually kind of goes into the Mets thing a little bit. Actually, that last line. Just made me think about the Mets situation a little bit now to be fair Philly fans have been really bad at times the last couple of seasons with the uh was it the popcorn and Russell Westbrook situation and and some bad chance and they're always nasty in general in Philly not gonna make any excuses for New York fans the New York fan that spit at Trey Young things of that nature um There's definitely some bad fans within each fan base in all sports, no question about it. However, this is a dangerous game that Joel Embiid is playing because New York, Philly, Boston, I could go on, L.A., You know, there's a lot of sports towns where it is very, very risky to take a shot at the fans and, uh, you know, riskier than others. Listen, anytime you, you yell, you know, yell back or clap back at the fans, you're risking something there with a relationship between yourself and the fans. However, it is a even more dangerous game when you do it in Philly, New York, Boston, L.A., Chicago, you are playing a very dangerous game there. Um, In this particular regard, as far as supporting the team, I don't think Joel Embiid has a leg to stand on there. Philly fans love their guys. They will ride or die with their guys. They support them through thick and thin. I don't like Philly fans. I think they're some of the worst in sports but they are the one thing you can't say about them is that they're not loyal. I, I, they will ride or die with their guys. Um, how, uh, if the y'all gotta do better thing is about the other stuff I said with the way they've acted out and, and you know been really poor at times the last few seasons and have gained a really bad reputation in some regard with, with some of the fans in particular, yeah, obviously they gotta do better. A lot of fan bases have to do better in that regard. But as far as supporting the team and blaming them for relying on sources that know the league, I don't know where he's going on that. I really don't. Uh, It's a really, it was an odd little rant that Joel Embiid went on. Um, Felt like, you know, looking back on it, probably a don't send kind of moment because it didn't really help anything. If anything, it hurt the situation. And obviously, you could argue he threw a little bit of shade with that second tweet at Ben Simmons and his ability to mentally handle criticism from his own fans. So, not great right now in Philly. Um, And I hate to say this, but we got to take a break. Uh, we (laughs) We will continue to talk about this after the break, and we'll really dive into the teams that are going after Ben Simmons and where they stand at the moment. And then we'll get to a couple other headlines from around the league involving LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap. After the break, on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. I could talk for an hour about this Ben Simmons thing. This has been a fascinating development in the NBA um, it's why the NBA, just a quick aside, it's why the NBA like owns the offseason when it comes to sports. It's incredible how much the NBA, at least in the last five years, just seems to dominate the offseason. There's not a better offseason in, in sports than the NBA offseason. There's always drama, there's always movement, it's big movement. It normally matters a lot. And it's it, it normally makes an impact on next season. Like You could argue there are a lot of NFL moves and NFL stories, but a lot of those are overblown, in my opinion. A lot of them don't make a big impact, right? I think this offseason is an exception with the whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco with the Packers, the way they've handled that situation. But I think when you look at the NBA, it's consistently the best as far as drama, intrigue, and for neutrals, just fun talk at work, on social media, Obviously, there's a line that has to be, you know, withheld there. But I should say held there. I should say the latter, not the former there. It's really interesting. And this Ben Simmons stuff, we've been waiting for it to come. It's here. And it's really, really crazy. I think there's no other way to put it. Joel Embiid's tweets obviously put gas on the fire to a certain extent. And we will wait to see what happens um, moving forward. There was one last, there was one other thing I wanted to briefly bring up before um, talking about the teams that are interested in Ben Simmons, but I, I, I don't know where to go with it, to be honest with you, because of who said it. And with all due respect, you know, Chris Broussard has fallen off a little bit as far as his credibility goes, since he left ESPN. He apparently made some calls on Ben Simmons and was told that he's not happy with the way the Sixers have developed him. Essentially, he's not verbatim, but paraphrasing. That's essentially what he said. Um, Apparently, it's gone back before Doc Rivers even got there, uh, that Ben Simmons hasn't been used properly and that he's not being played the right way and not being developed the right way. Um, to my knowledge, this is the only place this has been reported. Um, there has been debate in the media on, and on debate shows over whether or not Ben Simmons has been used properly. I don't know how much further it's gone than that. Um, I think most of the media would tell you that it's Ben Simmons, not Ben putting in enough effort to get better. I think that's been more the more controversial take than Philly not doing enough to make him a better basketball player. Um, a lot of people tend to go with, you know, they, they, they pick apart the free throw shooting or the lack of aggressiveness around the rim or the lack of wanting to get to the rim and put that more on Ben Simmons than anything else. And, and as we saw in the playoffs last year, there were times where Ben Simmons had wide open layups or wide open dunks that he would pass up to try to find a man that ended up being in a worse position than he was in. So I think that I would take this with a grain of salt with for multiple reasons, but I also want to give you as much of a full picture as possible. Although I will say it knowing that I don't really trust Chris Broussard the way I used to, as far as, uh, his takes in the media. So it's a, it's a tricky one because it's the NBA. And, you know, for all I know, this source, uh, is a reliable one, but they're maybe feeding something to Chris Broussard, uh, that's not true or who knows Chris Broussard could be right. And it's just not as big of a deal as it would have been if this was brought up maybe three years ago in a more realistic way. So there's a lot, it's the NBA, right? So it's tough to know who to trust with these kind of little, he said, she said, kind of things but it's worth mentioning that's all I, that's the reason i'm bringing it up and it's worth mentioning because if it is a factor it is part of why there's a disconnect between simmons and the organization and possibly also simmons and his teammates so without further ado we can now look through um the interest as far as trades that have been whirling around for Ben Simmons over the last 48 hours. Um, Courtney reports at one point Golden State was very much interested in trading for Ben Simmons. Um, however, the Warriors are reluctant now to do so, per a report. Um, because of the fact that Draymond Green is still on the roster. Apparently, Philly had already offered Golden State a package where Simmons would be traded to the Warriors in exchange for Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and the number 7 and 14 picks in the 2021 draft that just passed and two future first-round picks. Obviously, Golden State said, Absolutely not. We're not doing that. And Monty Poole, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, of NBC Sports Bay Area, said, quote, according to league sources, any interest the Warriors might have in Simmons is conditional. In short, they're not interested as long as Draymond Green is on the roster. The Warriors, according to sources, are divided on the subject. Some see great potential having two skilled players thriving in ball movement principles, especially in transition. Uh, And Simmons also happens to be six years younger than Draymond Green. However, others believe that two non-shooters on the court is too crippling for an offense, even with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to overcome, particularly when you're talking about, in his words, the postseason, end quote. This is fascinating because this is obviously clearly a basketball reason right? As far as, you know, you're going to have to start Ben Simmons if you trade for him, even if you're Golden State. But also the way that Golden State likes to play under Steve Kerr, Draymond Green's got to have a lot of leeway to do what he does. And if you have another player on the court that does the, for lack of a better term, pretty much the exact same thing that Draymond Green does, although he shoots somehow shoots worse than Draymond Green from deep, Um, that is a really risky decision because your offense could be thrown off, but also you've got, you know, you know, a lot of times they say on offense, you can play the Warriors five on four because Draymond Green doesn't always get a lot of looks, especially recently, but you could, you could legitimately now play it. You know, five on three if Ben Simmons is on the court because you definitely know he's not taking a shot. Draymond Green, with all due respect, is not a great shooter, but especially of late. But he is not afraid to take the shots. I think you could argue if he if push comes to shove, Draymond Green will will take a big shot in a big game if he has to. And so, to be fair, he's made big shots in the past, so it's it's a tricky. Tricky thing because Golden State would have to give up a lot to get them and they'd be giving up a lot to potentially cripple their own offense in some ways because Ben Simmons needs the ball to be effective. So it's a really, it's fascinating to hear that. It's fascinating um, to hear that that strategic side of it. And other reports back that up, basically saying that this is now far-fetched, that the Warriors will continue to pursue a trade in in the current state with the current state of their roster for ben simmons because of the way draymond green has to play and how effective he is on both ends of the floor and they don't need another draymond green essentially is what they're saying and it's a poor man's draymond green you could argue at that although ben simmons honestly uh is as good defensively as draymond green is but offensively draymond green is is better i would argue than ben simmons so at least least as far as the way the Warriors like to play. So I I think that that needs to be taken into account, and the Warriors clearly have done that. Um, The other, uh, well, there's really two others that are worth mentioning here as well. Um, The Lakers reportedly have been in the mix as well. Um, and Keith Pompeo, the Philly Inquirer, said Simmons recently told the Sixers he wants to leave. And he said, according to a Western Conference executive, he wants to go to the three California teams, quote-unquote. So, obviously, you know, there are four teams in Cali. I think that's worth mentioning. Um, the Lakers. The Clippers. Golden State. And we'll get to these guys in a second as well. The Sacramento Kings as well. Um, apparently, the Lakers, again, according to reports, um, don't seem to be interested, I guess you could say, in a potential Ben Simmons trade. Um... They could be in for DeAndre Jordan, according to the same report, but it doesn't seem like, with all they've done this off season, especially getting Russell Westbrook, that this is going to work. Basically, um, it, it's a, it's it's a weird one. Um, it, it honestly, any of the California teams could put together a package. I would argue for. For ben Simmons, although we'll get to the Kings situation in a second, but whether or not the Lakers want to make it happen is very much up for debate. And I think it's because of two reasons. One, you just put all your eggs in the Russell Westbrook basket. So now adding Ben Simmons to that might not be the best idea. But also number two, you've added a lot of other big personalities on that roster along with Russell Westbrook. You've also added... Dwight Howard and you have Anthony Davis and you have LeBron James and and you you know the situation uh I didn't see if they were able to follow through on the Rondo thing but if you add Rondo as well that's a lot that is a lot that's a lot of big personalities in there and adding Ben Simmons I I don't know if that's the way to go um and they did get Rajon Rondo so it's This is a really, really tricky thing. I mean, there was a a headline in SI yesterday asking if, you know, will Rondo and Westbrook squash their beef between the two that they had back in, I believe, the bubble. So this is just a, that's a lot to to ask for the Lakers to, to make that work, I feel like. So we'll wait and see, but the Lakers, you could probably check them off the list. That'd be a shocker if they got Ben Simmons. I just don't see, I don't see how that makes a lot of sense now that you've added Russell Westbrook. If you hadn't added Russell Westbrook and you couldn't make that happen, then Ben Simmons makes a little bit more sense, but you've already filled that role and I just don't see that happening. I really don't. And by the way, LeBron needs shooters around him. That, I thought that was the blueprint, right? Got to get back to the blueprint, which is that LeBron needs to have good three-point shooters around. Ben Simmons is awful at doing that. And he also can't shoot free throws. So what's the point? I, he's not, if he's not going to be the ball-dominant guy, and LeBron doesn't have to be successful without... You know, he can be successful without the ball, LeBron. But I just don't see that... That this doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a basketball standpoint in my opinion, to, to put Ben Simmons in that kind of a situation. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. The Kings were also very much apparently in the mix. Sam Amick, Amick, pardon me, of the athletic, the Sixers, according to him, spoke to the Kings earlier in the offseason about a possible Ben Simmons trade but the Kings were not willing to include either of their prized guards, De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. Apparently the deal would have included Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley, the third, as well as draft picks at this point. According to the athletic, the Sixers are not interested in the package. The latter two players so the Kings are an unlikely destination for Ben Simmons. So that goes back to the other thing is which of those four Cali teams is Ben Simmons not want to go to? Cuz he's interested in 3, but there's a fourth team out there he's not interested. Well, he might not have a choice because the Lakers have no room for him. The Kings think it's too much to give up to get him. Where's he going to play on the Clippers? And Golden State has now distanced themselves here. So I I don't know if Ben Simmons is in as much of a power spot as he thinks he is here. He obviously wants to get out. I think that's probably the biggest priority of anything. But I don't think he's going to have the pick of the litter here because this is, <laughs> is going to take a lot to get a deal done. This is really, really fascinating. And the worst case scenario here is that the Sixers can't get a deal done, which is kind of where I'm leaning here. It's why I kind of brought all this stuff up and why it's really not going anywhere, at least as we sit here going into the weekend in the first weekend of November, excuse me, first weekend of November, first weekend of September. There is a legitimate possibility here as we stand here today, Or sit if you're listening to the podcast on the old couch or in the car. That Ben Simmons is a Sixer on opening night of the NBA season. There is a legitimate chance that that happens. And if that happens, where on earth do Philly and the Sixers go from there? My gosh. You talk about a disastrous offseason season. If the Sixers, who we now know do not want Ben Simmons, and we know that Ben Simmons does not want to be a Sixer. If they cannot get rid of him, and obviously for a good package, because they're clearly over-asking here on some of these teams. They really are. Especially for, in my opinion, uh, Sacramento. My gosh, that is way too much to ask for Ben Simmons. You're, you're literally asking for two guys that could end up being better than Ben Simmons in their careers for Ben Simmons. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Philly's never going to get a yes on that deal. So I, I, I don't know if they're going to get this done, Philly. They could easily drop the ball here. And now we're really talking about a nightmare if you're a Sixers fan. Because the worst possible thing that could happen now is that ben simmons is on the roster when the sixers tip it up in october that would be an absolute nightmare in the city in the city of brotherly love my goodness that would be a disaster so we'll see that's the latest on the ben simmons soap opera in the city of brotherly love let me know what you think that was by far the biggest story of the week and uh, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts about it. Let me know at SHJ7 on Twitter or postingandtoasting.com. Shock, shock, Nick's podcast in the comments section. Hit me up and let me know what you think about what's going on right now with these crazy, 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 I'll add another one, crazy things going on with the Sixers at the moment with Ben Simmons and the organization Two more quick things. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is cleared to play again after retiring due to a heart issue. According to a uh, report, the Nets are the leaders to get LaMarcus Aldridge. So good for him. Um, that'd be a really, really cool thing. Also, more Nets news. This uh, They've signed Paul Millsap as well. This actually just happened uh, before we recorded. So Paul Millsap will get his chance. Uh, to possibly win an nba title he's 36 he considered joining the bulls the warriors and the clippers and decided on the nets after playing his last four seasons with a pretty darn good team in their own right in the denver nuggets and he decides to switch conferences and switch to a team he thinks could possibly win an nba championship so we will see how that goes and uh, we'll see what other moves happen moving forward in the nba that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the shock shock nicks podcast thank you guys as always for listening you guys know how much i appreciate your listenership you guys are the best if you're dealing with the tough weather right now stay safe and if you're dealing with covid right now stay safe as well and be sure to get vaccinated and wear a mask as well Guys, stay safe wherever you are. Have a great week, and I will see you guys for more Knicks and NBA talk next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.